Hello everybody and welcome to In My Mug episode 243 on Monday the 8th of July 2013. I am your host Stephen Layton and this week I have an amazing coffee with an amazing story that costs an amazing price but more on that after the news. Do you like the new news graphic? How exciting is that? Oh! That graphic was stolen from the video I'm going to show you here. It's the new has been guest coffee for July, um, which is uh, inspired by National Baked Bean Month. Hello, this is the has been news. This month is Baked Bean Month. I'm very sorry where we celebrate the fruit that makes you toots. Oh, oh, how embarrassing. To celebrate, oh my days. Has been as launched baked bean. I'm so sorry. Beans, get it well, stops last. Yes. Do you like it? I really like it. And, um, a couple of new Finca Argentinas added to the website um, and coffees that will probably not show up on in my mug. Um, so I know I promised you that I would let you know when those things happen. So uh, Garcia Pin, um, uh, which is part of the another one of the processes that we also use in the uh, baked bean blend. And um, yeah, to the one. <laughs> Doing well. And now this is a little bit long. Uh, but it's kind of tied in with baked bean month why we've done these two different roasts of coffee uh, and I think it's really interesting so here's a little bit of a guide on roasting profiles this is a green bean and in its current state it's not really usable and not very tasty to drink but how do we make it delicious well we need to roast it but how do we do that At origin, the beans are dried between 10 and 13%, so our aim here is to dry the beans further. We heat the roaster up to 250 to 300 degrees C, depending on which roaster we're using, and then drop the beans in. At about three quarters of the way through the roast, we begin to see some very visual and physical changes in the coffee. We also see some of the chemistry of the coffee bean changing. This is the point where we can start to influence and develop the flavours within the bean. At this stage, oils within the coffee bean begin to expand and the cellular structure weakens. The beans go from taking in heat or endothermic reaction to the cell walls breaking and releasing energy and generating its own heat or exothermic. Subtle popping and cracking sounds can be heard during the reaction, hence this stage known as first crack. With the beans being heated and generating their own heat, the roaster's attention is needed to control those chemical changes in the coffee. If you use too much heat too quickly, you can overshoot the target roasting temperature. If we continue to heat the beans further, there is a second round of cellular breakdown. This second crack needs all the same care and attention as before to control the temperature and the roast. Heating beyond second crack, we begin to see oils develop on the outside of the bean and caramelisation of the sugars and ultimately incineration. Some people call this dark roast, we call it burnt. Controlling these variables of temperature and time is called profiling. 
Now profiling can be quite complicated, but what we're going to do is break this down into three very broad and simple profiles. Profile 1, full steam ahead. This is where first crack occurs and the roaster keeps to his course. The heat going in doesn't change, so the exothermic reaction vastly increases the temperature. This can be represented in a curve like this. This can accentuate acidity and complexity, but often to the detriment of body and complex sweetness. Profile 2, steady as she goes. The heat is removed during the first crack to prevent overshooting of temperature. After first crack occurs, gentle heat is reapplied, making sure the temperature doesn't drop, but the roast time is dragged out as long as possible. This profile will increase body, accentuate richer, fuller flavours, but often to the detriment of acidity and clarity. Profile 3, straight and true. This is where first crack occurs and the heat is reduced, but not removed, allowing first crack's exothermic temperatures to happen, but in a controlled way. After first crack is completed, heat is reapplied, so the temperature climbs steadily. This profile is the best of both worlds increasing the body of the first profile while keeping some of the acidity that the second profile can lack. This also gives a more complex sweetness. But the most important skill of the roaster is to pay attention. Smells and sounds will give us far more clues than our eyes, although paying attention to those temperatures and what's actually happening to the bean can be useful. A roaster must rely on their experience to combine all of this information together to get the very best out of the green bean. And that was the news! So it's time for 20 seconds on, and this week it's on buying coffee. So this is gonna be an interesting one, and... So buying coffee is complicated. You can buy basically in three ways. You can buy from an importer that's based in the UK that imports the coffee in, an exporter that's based in a producing country, or buy directly from a producer. This week's coffee was bought through an exporter. Whenever you're buying coffee at Origins, you should always follow the golden rule of not buying the coffee while you're there. The sun, the people, and the urge to do good things can cloud your buying judgment. So what I was saying there is about you should never buy coffee at Origin. Uh, this way you pay uh, a fair price, not just to the producer, but a fair price so I can sell it to you and a fair price for the roaster. Um, there's really no good way of buying coffee. We've bought some amazing coffees that everybody's done well out of from importers, just as much as we have directly, just as we much have um, exporters. It's such a complicated thing that there's no one way that is right. But why am I talking about buying? Well, this week's coffee, um, I got to meet the grower uh, while I was on a trip uh, at an exporter's office in Costa Rica. Um, so I was in the exporter's office, I'd spent all the time travelling around these different farms, farms that we know, places we bought from, but we were cupping for some new new lots like this to bring in. Um, this, uh, and basically I'd cooked about four tables of 12, so, uh, you know, kind of did 48 coffees. But on the first table, I found this amazing coffee that I absolutely was like, wow! Um, and then moved on to the next table, and about 10 minutes into that table, table this guy turns up, and the exporter said, oh, this is Carlos, you should meet, meet him and talk to him. And I was like, oh, love your coffee, great, Let's, can we buy it? And, um, and I start the conversation, how much do you want? And then he replies back to me, how much do you like it? 
And I was like, uh, I like it a lot. And he replied, okay, a lot. <laughs> Luckily, at that point, a grown-up stepped in from the exporters and kind of made sure that I didn't give away my watch and my jewellery and my house and my car and my pension plan. Um, and we ended up agreeing a price for this coffee with the exporter. So the exporter very transparently adds a little bit on for, for handling and introducing us to the coffees. but And then we know exactly what goes to the producer. But we paid a good chunk for this coffee and I think it is well worth it. Um, the reason I think it's well worth it is it is a tiny farm. So um, it's so tiny, it doesn't have a name. So we've called it Carlos Arieta, uh, after the man himself, uh, the guy who looks after and tends to the farm with his family. Um, the farm is located in the Western Valley region, near to the town of Lordiston, Naranjo. Um, and it's a small farm located around about 1,600 metres above sea level and contains 96%, I'm going to be very precise now, it contains vast majorities Keturah with the tiniest bit of Villa Sarchi. Um, and to give you an idea of production, he produces about 600 to 900 kilos a year. Uh, Carlos runs the farm with his wife and he has uh, four children, which is Maria, Isabel, Jessica, Karen, uh, Stephen. Got a feeling there's a Jose as well. Anyway, um, and they all help on the farm. Um, he's owned the farm for 40 years, but this is the first time he's ever been able to process for himself. And because of that, he started working with the exporter. Uh, and because of that, we got introduced to this coffee fairly early in the season. I travelled to Costa Rica in July, in July, in January, which was very early. Um, but it allows me to find little gems like this. So the stats of the farm, the farm is called Carlos Arieta. Uh, it is nearest city is Lourdes de Naranjo in the Western Valley. It's Catura with the tiniest bit of Villa Sarchi. Altitude is sixteen hundred meters above sea level, and is a fully washed and sun dried coffee. Um, and that's as much as we know about it. I'm very much hoping to go out and visit uh, Carlos next year. Um, I definitely would like to go to Costa Rica again. I had a wonderful time this year. Um, and you get to see so many farms in Costa Rica. They're just, uh, lots of the places we buy are all very close to each other. But because I haven't been, this is going to be the superest vague ever map bit. It's the map bit. No expense spent. It's the map bit. So, hello. You know the drill. You know what we have to do. This is what we do every week. We go down, we go up. It seems like every week at the moment we go to Central America. Um, let's, let's find out more about this amazing continent and its amazing coffees. So number of coffee growing countries is seven, population of 441 uh, million, nearly 42. Surface area 524,000 square kilometres. And compare that to the tiny, tiny little UK, you can get an idea of its size and perspective. Now, the place we're interested in this week is Costa Rica, and we've been to Costa Rica a few times. Um, yeah, it's an interesting country. 10% of the population of Central America live in Costa Rica. Let's look at some stats. So, uh, name, funnily enough, is Costa Rica. Population, 4.7 million. Size, 51,000 square kilometres. Uh, and, and capital city is San Jose. 
um, which is one of the most progressive and developed capital cities uh, in the world. Uh, you have Intel with a very big base there. But let's zoom down into the country and uh, we should zoom down into the farm, which is just there. You can see Carlos Arieta. Uh, uh, Zacero is just above it. Um, and uh, just below is the town of Naranjo. Now, this is a bit of a guess that it's here. I know it's on the road from uh, Lourdes de Naranjo on the way to Cesaro. I've had to guess a little bit that it's there. I can't find out the exact coordinates. If I do find out, I promise I will re-record this map bit. And I do have an email out to Carlos and to the exporter to try and find out. So, Del Lacau, tell us a bit more about this coffee. Well, Carlos Finca, Finca Carlos Arieta, altitude of 1600 metres above sea level, Katura with a tiny, tiny bit of Villa Sarchi, and the nearest town is Lourdes de Naranjo. So, it's really horrible when these map bits are a little bit vague. I always feel like I'm cheating you a little bit. Uh, you see, there's the town of uh, Lourdes de Naranjo, and actually I'm going to take you down to show you how close it is to San Jose. So, that's San Jose there. It's probably one of the closest to the capital cities we buy from. Um, and I'm going to give you some photos for free as well, because I do feel bad it's a rubbishy map bit. So uh, that's uh, the one on the left is the photo that I had took when I met Carlos at the um, at the, the cupping lab. So that was the map bit. I'm sorry. It's just super. I hate it when map bits are like that. But the best with that we can do, and we should carry on doing them even when we don't know. Uh, and it inspires me to know more. So now it's time for Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Costa Rica has no army. It was disbanded in 1948 by the then president Jose Ferrer. The budget that was previously dedicated to the military is now dedicated to security, education and culture. Sounds a much better use of the money to me. Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Okay, so I'm back. So, uh, time for the Wheel of Death. Last week we had Macchiato. I'm going to replace that with Latte. Latte. I'm not going to say Latte. It's Latte. Um, so time for the wheel of death and where it goes, no body knows. And it is cone. Okay, so it's the metal cone that goes in the Chemex. So that's cool. I like the cone. I am very happy to be using that. Um, so I'm going to whap you on pause. I'm going to go make tasting delicious drinks and I'll be back with you in just a second. And I am back. So let's dive into the espresso first of all. Let's give it a little bit of a mix up. Thank you to Chris for being my barista today. So. Peaches and pineapple and zingy zesty super clean are the things that really jump out at me on this espresso. It lacks a little bit of body, but I'll forgive it because it's so interesting in the in the fruitiness. It's an amazingly special, delicious coffee. So time for cappuccino. And the milk adds a little bit of sweetness to it, which makes it perhaps more balanced, but. It's struggling to fight through. It really is. Um, 
It's really hot at the minute. Chris has given me jugs of water, which is very cool. Um, I don't, I don't advise you to do this in between cuppings, but for me, I need to drink. Um, so, cone. Let's talk about the cone. Um, it is a metal filter for the Chemex. It's reusable, which is really good. Downsides are it's a little bit you end up with a little bit of muck coming through, a little bit of solids uh, kind of get through. No matter how well you grind, and I coarsen the grind up a lot to what I normally do for the Chemex. Will it go in there? Without going over? No, it won't. Um, where can I put that? I'm going to try and put it there. Yay! Um, I don't understand what's wrong with paper. I really I like we sell the cones and and I should like them, but. I just kind of like the paper on the Chemex. I don't know why, I just, yeah, it's much better. I think I made a Chemex for an army here. Um, yeah, they're, they're interesting, it's a different kind of cup. It's probably closer to the French press um, than a normal Chemex would be, just because of those those solids transferring through. But it's a little bit cleaner than a French press and it's a little bit easier, so I don't know, maybe it has its place. And there's the cupping table here. So have you ever had Five Alive tropical fruit juice? Because it's not like it, it is it. It's tropical fruit, it's that pineapple, again, comes running through, peaches, apricots, it's just alive. The acidity is super, super good. It's, it's just, that's everything I love about a coffee. Um, very different to coffees like Cachoeira, Machicamarca, Lafani because of the acidity. But Costa Rica shouldn't be like that. This is what a Costa Rica coffee for me should be. Just very clean, very well processed, very looked after. It's a delicious coffee. Like we got such a good deal out of this. Hopefully Carlos feels like he got a great deal out of it. The exporter feels like he got a great deal for everybody from it. So it's a kind of win-win-win. So we should go to the pin board of doom. And I don't need a bit of paper for this one this week because this chappy here, um, he's my godson. Um, it's Jacob, Jacob Beswick. Hi, Jacob. Um, Unk is putting your picture up. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jacob's uh, an amazing, amazing guy. And he watches in my mug and catches up on them. Um, and uh, his mum, Nicola, works with us. And Nicola sent this in. So, um, thank you, Jacob. Thank you for watching. Love you. Um, right, another happiness. Time to move on for Steve's Wine of the Week. I should get an ident for that, I think. So this week, we don't have one vine. We have two vines sent in by somebody and sent in by Pete Maidment. Um, Pete, thank you for your vines. Please, everybody, enjoy. Awesome. Keep sending them in, people, please. I've got a couple. But I need more, so please send in vines, send in vines. Um, now, thank you for what you have sent so far, it's been brilliant, it's been great to have a few come in. Pete's sending two in, um, it's been awesome, uh, but please, please keep them coming. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee, and this is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> 